Good night and welcome to Chit Chat with Hope. Good night, good night, good night. Tonight's topic um, I chose for us is when you no longer have things in common with people, right? And that um, that is a topic that I can say that almost everyone that have... Um, that had an active life before they, um, let's say, had their child um, with disability. They might, at some point, <coughs> excuse me, my allergy, <laughs> sorry. At some point, we're going to find that um, we really don't have a lot in common with, let's say, best friends or just plain friends or the girls or... You know, sometime even within your family, you'll no longer have things that are in common. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that because um, it seems to be very hard for a lot of people that um, when you get to that point that you have your child and you feel that people are walking away from you or you feel that you are forced to... Um, to walk away from friendship or, you know, or whatever our relationship it might be in, right? So I'm going to start by letting you know that I'm not going to say that it's common for, um, for people to want to leave your life, especially when it's the place and the time when you might need them, right? But we have to understand that... Um, we can't keep people in our lives that don't want to be in our lives, right? And um, a real friendship will um, take the test of time. And the test of time is when you really have someone that is a friend within your life, that person will always find things in common, right, to stay in your life. So I would like us to first start thinking that if people start acting like they no longer have things in common with us or when we're around them, we feel that we have nothing in common with them, maybe they really weren't friends. They were just people that we enjoy being around and they enjoyed being around us, right? Because if they were friends, when you had a child or have a child with disability, they would understand that you need them in some ways. Might not be, doesn't have to be financially, but that's when you need a friend is when you, when things are very hard or when things seem, seem very scary, right? That's when you would have a friend. That wouldn't be when a person would walk out of your life. That would be when a person would want to stay and, um, and find things in common, right? Reasons to stay in your life. But nevertheless, it's just one of these things that, um, that is not something that you were told. It's not something that I was told because I'm quite sure, um, like myself, many, many of you are good people that would want to stay in somebody's life, would want to know what you could do instead of stop inviting people or inviting, you know, or avoiding 
um, the person, right, which is what we might get where we're slighted. But I want you to understand that when you have things in common like friendship, having a child with a disability shouldn't break the friendship. It should make it stronger if that person is your friend. But sometimes we do not get a chance to prove a real friendship. You know, we will say, um, we're friends. I've known this person for 10 years, for five years. We're friends. You know, we've been friends since this, and we've been friends. But a real person, a real friend, I should say, is someone that really can test. You know, it's a test when you are really down. It's a test when you need everyone. It's a test to see who stays. Or I should say it's a test to find the person that find reason to stay instead of leaving. So what I guess I'm trying to tell you is a person that want to leave out of your life when you need them the most, it really wasn't a friend. But um, we never knew it wasn't a friend because there was no reason to not think it was a friend. This person was someone that probably you ran with, you know, if it was a party, if it was a nice day to go to the beach, if, you know, it was just someone that you went to the beauty parlor with, whatever the case might have been, vacation with. So now you most likely can do some of these things or maybe situations of change where you can't do any of these things that you used to do with this person and now you're really feeling like, what the heck? You know, this person don't call me. If I don't call this person, I don't hear from this person. This person, you know, if you were in a group with, um, with this person, you know, maybe a group of five and you are friends, you notice that there's no one really calling you especially around the time that you normally used to hang out or do things together. You notice that the calls are far and in between, and you might be the one that's making most of the calls. Well, I want you to understand that sometimes we don't really get to test people as friends until we need them, okay? So I'm going to say that again. There are times that you will think someone is a friend, but you were actually the friend in the relationship and you will get to see or to test that person level on how much they see you as a friend. What you and I need to do is understand that as much as we would like people to stay in our lives, our lives pretty much it's going to be, it is what it is when we have our children, you know. It is what it is. Um, I can't hang out with you. It is what it is. Um, maybe your child don't like sand. I can't go to the beach with you anymore. You know, we used to like going to the beach, but my son doesn't like sand. Or my son doesn't like being in the sun. Or my daughter, you know, don't like loud, loud noises, you know. Or a host of other things that will have to be put in place to make that common ground stronger, right? Or remain strong if you're friends. But if you have someone that would rather walk away from you instead of try to find new things to, um, to remain in your life, then that was never a friend. 
So what I'm saying is it makes no sense to argue with this person. It makes no sense to be angry at this person. It makes no sense to beg or force yourself to remain friends with this person. What we need to understand is our lives have changed. And unfortunately, people we thought that were friends decide that the change was just too much for them. You may very well have people within your family that you're not, you might not have been best friends, but you now feel uncomfortable because you feel that they might not be so welcome, you know, welcoming when it comes to inviting your child to do different things that the age group of other children or their children will be doing. You might find out about parties or sleepover after the fact that it took place. What I want you to know is we can't allow other people's behavior to upset us to the point that we forget that, you know what it is? It's our life that has changed. And as much as we might not have been the person that would have walked away as people have walked away or people that have not included you or your child. But the whole point is, guess what? That person wasn't a friend. And we can beat ourselves up all day saying, well, I wouldn't have done that if it was me, but it's not you and it's not them. And it's not the situation. It's just that we gave a title to a person that really didn't fit the title. We didn't find out that they didn't fit the title until we had to test them, situation test them. And when the situation test them, we found out that we were more of a friend in the friendship, more of a friend in the relationship than they were. Are they bad people? No. Are they bad people? No. Should we not like them? Should we be upset about them? I guess we're human, and we can be upset within ourselves, knowing that most likely we wouldn't have been the people that would have walked away. But how long can you be upset with someone that don't feel that they need to change their life because yours have been changed or because mine have been changed? At some point, we're going to have to just let go of that anger or let go of that hurt, right? And try to build your own community, right? Try to build your own community. I mean, within my family, um, here in New York, my son is the only child that um, has autism, right? And... They, they accommodate me, and they accommodate my son, which, you know, it's not a big deal, but, you know, like I said, my son pretty much is independent, but um, not to say there's not, you know, you have autism, you have autism, whether you're highly functioning or not, which he is, but you still have, you know, I don't eat this, 
and, you know, I don't want to be around that or I don't want this. You still have that, but they're accommodating. But the thing is that, um, that I want us all to understand is never base how someone treats you in comparison to how you would have treated someone else because you're always going to be hurt if you do, right? I'm going to say that again. Never base how someone treats you to how you would have treated someone in a certain situation. Because if you do base your friendship or how you will or would have treated someone, you're going to not stop beating up yourself or have been, you know, you're going to start having a big list. Well, I did this and I did that and I was there and I wasn't there and now look, you can't do that. You just, the minute you find out that it is what it is, you just let go. Or at least you try to let go. All right? You try to let go. Um, one of the things that I've I've always done, I didn't know if it was right or wrong or whatever, but I've always, um, I've always just taken my son for my son. You know, I didn't care. You know, he's mine, 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 mine. And I didn't care who invited us here or who invited us there. I didn't care because I have started from day one that I um, found out that my son was, had autism, which was, he officially, officially had, um, got his diagnosis at a later age, but we knew because he went to early intervention, but officially, I don't know, somehow when he had gotten to kindergarten, it erased off the um, IEP. But um, like I was saying, I officially do great celebration, (laughs) you know, um, with just me and my children. You know, I mean, it used to be where... Before I was separated, it used to be, you know, my husband and me and my children and our one grandson. Now, for the last three years, it's just been me and my two um, adult children. My little one that my, well, my youngest (laughs) that has autism and my grandson. And um, I'm not saying, you know, you should not do things with your family, but I'm just letting you know what I do. Okay, and um, I did it back then when I started doing it for a different reason. For one, my son was nonverbal at two. He, t- he spoke until he was two, and then he stopped speaking when he was two. So he was speaking right up until he was two and kind of advanced, and then he just stopped speaking. But what I did was I have always been big on decorating and like I said decorating your home don't have to cost a ton of money right it just take a little bit of creation but I've always decorated my home and um I've made basically I made my home look like I was having a thousand different guests over it that's how careful I was and how I decorate this and what I put there and what I didn't put there Right, saying this and saying that, you can go to the 99 cent store, you can buy any amount of glass you want, right? Glassware, 
and you can decorate them. You can put your bows. You can put your glit, your glitter. You can put your whatever. I just, I've always just have big parties with just my immediate family, which even my son comes over with his son, you know, and my other son, and it's just us against the world. You know, we play music, we have great time, we have food and snacks, and we take pictures, and we enjoy ourselves. Um, slash, we go out to eat together, meet up, you know, in the city or something. We go out to eat in a nice restaurant, and we enjoy ourselves. We um, rent hotel rooms go to the pool there, um, spend the night, you know, have a blast in my room. And then everybody just mellow out, go to their room, go to their own place, and um, have a good time. That's how I deal with it, you know. I, I just do my thing, you know. I have movie night. I get my little popcorns and, you know, a little drink. And, you know, and then we watch Star Wars for a thousand times or something else that he likes. And that's what I do. So I don't put too much of what is missing for anyone else to feel that they need to accommodate me in any way or shape or form just to accommodate me. I don't wait for that. So what I guess what I'm saying to you is start being your own village. I know that, you know, it, it, that saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Sometimes, I'm sorry, sometimes that village is just you and your children. Okay? Sometimes we can't even wait on people to be the village because sometimes the village decide that we don't belong in that village anymore. Okay? Our space has been, gave, you know, it, it's just been, we've been evacuated from that village. So you can't sit back and, you know, if you have families that still invite you over, then that's wonderful. If your family have stopped invite you over, then do what you got to do in your own home. If you got one child, just decide what you're going to do. If something special is going to come up, just decide what you're going to do. You know, if you um, want to go to the movies and your child is just not going to handle the movie, then you buy uh, you buy you buy a movie. Or you rent a movie and, you know, you get the foods your child like. You get the food you like. You make a nice little spread and you get your blanket and you get on the floor with your pillow and you, and you just do your thing. Because sometimes we have to, um, not even sometimes, we have to learn to be our own best friends. I have... <laughs> I have learned to be alone. Not that I had a big, great group of friends and I was this person that was just turning every weekend and going out. I was never that person, but I had I, I, I had a lot of things that I enjoyed doing. And you know what? It is what it is. I don't do a lot that I used to do, but I've changed a lot of what I do and how I do it. A lot of times you just have to be your own best friend.
Okay, you have to be your own best friend. Instead of start saying that um, all my friends left or the ones that we were close left, sometimes you get to that point where we have to say, you know, our lives change and maybe now it's time for me to get new friends. New friends that have already know that you and I have a child that have autism. So by them wanting to be our friends, guess what? They've already known what our life somewhat is going to be or they're willing to learn because they already know from the beginning that this is what it is, right? Your old friends, my old friends that chose to not be a part of our lives anymore or not be as... Um, that played that significant role in our life, they were friends and then we had the children and then they were like, oh man, now we can't do this or we can't do that. But making a new friend or have new friendships, right? That would be good for a lot of us, right? So start going to, you know, the workshop or join little groups online because sometimes you may find out that, um, that you're not too far away from someone and not to say you're going to have this person in your home or you're going to go to their home. But if you're not living too far from someone and they really want to meet up with you, maybe you can have a common ground where you meet, you know, and get to know each other. And then you work it out from there. So for a lot of us, making new friends is going to be what we're going to have to do. Okay, we can't force people to stay in our lives. Sometimes we have to walk away from people because um, they no longer fit what we thought they were. Sometimes people won't understand your child. And we all know that when someone don't understand our children, that's when the relationship needs to end, especially if they don't want to learn, right, about our child. So... Just understand that life goes on. Whether we choose to go on with life or we decide that we're going to stay stuck in life, life goes on. We have to find a new norm for ourselves, right? A new norm. And life going to beat you up. <laughs> it's going to beat you up. You know, for example, sometimes I look at my phone and I pick it up and I said, I'm going to call someone because things is just like really hard, right? Really hard. And then I just put the phone down because I'm like, I, I just feel in my spirit that why am I going to bother this person? Why? Why would I bother this person? And um, I just deal with it myself. And I think for a lot of us, it's very hard because when we were without our little ones or big ones or you just came into the game of being a mom with a child with artis with, that's artistic, right? You used to, like, pick your phone up when your friend, you know, you something get messed up in your life or whatever. You pick the phone up and you'll call a friend and you'll call you know, as much friends as you want or call a family member. But now when we have a child with disability, sometimes it's so many different times that we would call people and try to vent that it gets to a point that we just got to learn to be our own best friend and vent within. 
or you know, if you're a spiritual person, you're a religious person, you vent to God, and then you just keep it moving, because the people that we call sometimes don't have the answers, and sometimes the answers that they give us might even leave us feeling worse than when we called, right? So I'm just gonna give you a little bit of scenario of what happened, right? To me, I came home, um, and my son wasn't feeling well, right? So I'm like, okay. So he's, you know, I said, okay. So he stayed home. And then um, when I got home, because he, the school is a distant from the home, from the house, right? So he just didn't feel too well, right? Little, just didn't feel well. He's old enough to stay by himself and he's mature enough to call me if he needed anything. And it wasn't like sick, 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 you know, okay, sick. You know, he was just not feeling well. And I'm like, I'd rather you stay home than get on the train and start feeling worse. Or, you know, and then I'll be too far away from you. Or, you know, go to school and not feel well. So I said, you know what it is? Just take the day off and stay home. From where I live, in a in a cab, driving, however, I can be at my house in 10 minutes, 12 minutes, right? 15 minutes, right? Tops, right? The most on a busy, 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 or, you know, so-so day, 20 minutes. And and that's pushing it. I could be home in under 20 minutes, so we're not far. It's just that it's crazy when you take public transportation, right? It's not a straight 20 minutes where you just walk to the 20 minutes. It's just one of those, right? So anyway, he went, and throughout the day we spoke. He said, you know, I... You know, I He's, you know, I drank soup, I made some soup, um, you know, I ate, I lay down, I'm resting, I'm drinking a lot of fluid, you know, he was okay. Um, so I said, okay, uh, you know, the time that I leave work and when I get home, just let me know if you want to go to urgent care, blah, 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 right? So I get home and he was like, mom, I really think I, I want to go to urgent care. So I was like, okay, fine. Mind you, I just did eight hours, right? And I got, I got in, and I said, okay. Then I just removed. I didn't want to go outside with my, you know, purse and everything, right? Didn't want to lose it because it was kind of like a little dusty outside. It rained all day, so it was like kind of darkish, right? Kind of dark. So I said, okay, fine. And I removed my insurance card, and I removed my debit card just in case. I'm like, just in case we, like, need money, you know, more than what I was, I had in my purse, right? I switched purse, so. And I get there, urgent care. It was a beautiful place. Call, you know, call the Uber, $20, <laughs> right? I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I need to take him, right? So, I got there. I don't know if it was a slow night or because it rained partially on and off all day. It was like empty, right? And it closed at 8 o'clock, and we got there like at 6, 6.30, something like that. And the place was empty, right? 6 o'clock, 6.30. And I was like, thank God. And I got up there, and I showed my insurance, and she was like, do you have an ID? And I was like, oh, my God, no. I don't have an ID, but I have a bank card with my name on She's like, no, you need a ID picture on it. All right, here we go again. I don't drive. I had to call another Uber. 
to now take us back to the house for me to go back upstairs to get the ID to call another Uber again to get back to the urgent care. Right? At this point, I can't tell you how upset I am at myself, how upset I am at the situation, but I still, I was very close, I was very close to, um, to several hospitals that I could have gone to easily, right? You know, close enough to that it wouldn't have been impossible. But then I didn't want him to go to a hospital where there are other sick people in the emergency room and we probably would have been there longer with him not being well, but it's not an emergency, you know, that he'd be seen right away. So I did that. And we were seen and his tonsils were inflamed and it was infected. It was tonsillitis or something of the sort, right? His temperature by then was 103. I don't know if it went. It was, he was warm when we left, but I don't know if this back and forth and him, I don't know if his stress level or whatever. He said he was anxious, so I don't know if that had made the temperature get any. I don't know. But we got there, and he was given a lot of Moltrin because by then his throat was hurting. Um, he was given a COVID test, which, thank God, it was negative. It, he got a mono test. It was negative. He got a strep. It was negative. It was Then it was just boiled down to, well, it was the tonsil that was very inflamed and infected. And <laughs> I can't tell you how I sat there, right, and how alone I felt, how upset that I was, that I didn't feel like calling anyone because this wouldn't have been that important because, like I said, it was like if he was dying or um, he was going to be admitted or anything like that. It was just that he wasn't well and my day was just not going well. <laughs> I didn't call anyone. I did not call. I, I didn't call anyone. My back went out the next day. I mean, you know, you, you know, our kids are. It was all over me, hugging me, and you know, he said, "I'm so anxious because my throat hurts so much," and you know, the whole thing. It was too late to get the prescription fill. <laughs> You know, eventually the next morning, the prescription was filled. His brother was off that day. His brother kind of hung out with him and, you know, and just be with him. But the whole point was I felt so alone. But I don't think the fact that his tonsil was inflamed, I don't think that was, that might have not been an emergency to a lot of people in my life. They would have probably been like, oh, okay, all right, you know, blah, blah, blah. They, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But for me, it was such a big deal. I felt so alone. But then at the same time, I just felt like, you know what it is? I did what I had to do for my son. And that was it. So there's just times when you just have to just not call anyone and tell anyone what you're doing, what is going on in your life, and you're just going to have to just do it by yourself. You know, however you do it. Because some of the things that happen in our life, 
I hate to say it, but it's not a big deal to everyone but us and our children. It's not. It's just not a big deal. You know, it's just not a big deal. And oh, I don't want to be a nag. I mean, I chose to not call anyone. If I'd call someone, would they have spoken to me? Yes. But I didn't. For the next two days, I can't tell you because my son, you know, he wants to hug. And he's so much taller than me. So when he hugged me, I mean, I don't know. It was like, at that point, my body was like so out of it that my back was literally out for like from Wednesday. I, Wednesday when I went to work, went to the doctor Tuesday. Wednesday when I went to work, I could hardly walk. I took six extra strength vitamin. I mean, um, pills, Tylenols, and each was five hundred milligram. I took I took six for the day, and when I got home, I would pr- practically drag myself home. I was so stressed that I I don't know if that had anything to do with the, my body or just. But I was a mess. Today's Thursday. I'm. St- I mean, I'm okay right now, but I was a mess this morning. I didn't call anyone. I didn't call anyone and tell them how bad I feel. You know, my cousin, she came and she um, picked me up in the evening, and we spoke, and she and she's so good because she picked up one. I don't know, I guess I was just moving too much in the chair, and she was, you know, in the seat, and and she said, you know, why are you so anxious? And I just explained it to her in a second, and I just let it go. And that's exactly what we have to become. We have to just become the only person that we vent to, us, because there's so many different things that might not go right. I'm not even going to say go wrong. May not go right. And we want to vent, but I just feel for me, I just feel that I need to, and I did, and I have to continue learning how to depend on myself because I don't want to overwhelm anyone or let anyone, you know, let me feel ridiculous after I hang up my phone. So I pretty much don't let everyone or anyone or even if people are willing to support me sometimes they don't even know what's going on I might tell them the a tip of the iceberg but I'll never like chip at the bottom of the mountain you know go from the top and just chip 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 I never do that because I just don't so what I'm saying is learn my love learn just learn that no matter how much someone love you or care for you or enjoy being with you, our children, our new responsibilities are going to occasionally, if not permanently, let us feel that we don't belong to this group anymore. And however you want to take that is up to you but for me I take it as it is what it is and I've gotten comfortable with my it is what it is okay if there's an occasion coming up I plan ahead of the time and I just do my own thing 
you know, I just do my own thing, and and I do a, a very good thing. <laughs> you know, I celebrate big with just my children and myself, right? I mean, if any of my two oldest, you know, they have, over the years, have friends when they they um, have kept in touch with a couple of their friends that they grew up with, if they are within the area and they said, oh, you know, so-and-so wants to come over, I'm like, you know, well, so be it. They can come. But if it is not one of those situations, I just celebrate life with my children. So for those of you that feel left out, for those of you that know you are left out, being bitter is not going to help. Sitting back and thinking how good a friend you were to someone and they should return it. Um, people can't return friendship when they really weren't your friends. Because like I said, a friend will find reasons to stay in your life, not reasons to leave your life. A friend will not sit back and start thinking about what you no longer have in common. A friend will find a way to make new things become what you now have in common. So leave people alone. <laughs> leave people alone. Learn to be your own village. I am going to tell every one of you, Find a group online or in person or both. Get involved. If your children are at the age that they're in school, get involved. Get involved in the, the things, the different things that special needs children might do in your school, the different things that um, it don't, you know, the things that with us is, well, I shouldn't say us because I don't want to group anyone. I noticed that, like, say, with our, you know, with our, even within our group of children that have autism, right? The thing that makes us very lonely is that we tend to mourn different losses. We grieve different losses, which is okay. Which is okay. All right, we grieve losses, right? And sometimes by, um, if we don't grieve properly, right? And when I say grieve properly, I mean, okay, your child may not speak. Your child may very well be nonverbal, and this is how it's going to be, and this is what it is. It doesn't mean that you should avoid friendship with me because my child communicate well. And I find that um, people tend to want to be with someone that is more alike, like their child or children. When we do this, we lock ourselves off from great friendship. It might be where you feel more comfortable because you don't want to be reminded of the fact that your child don't speak or no longer speak or won't speak. 
But a friendship is a friendship. And if you meet someone that even if their child do not have autism, but they have some other disability, this person might very well be your person to be friends with. Because, yeah, you might have different disability or even different ways that you see the world. But the whole point is that person will get your point. The point is you can cancel with this person said your child is not well and they won't be upset because I guarantee you they will cancel on you once that their child is not well. You can go in between where, you know, my child don't eat this and this person will say my child is allergic to that and it would be okay instead of being with someone and the world is perfect, butterflies, okay? Not to say you won't, you shouldn't be friends with people that don't have children with disability, but let's not limit ourselves to being friends with people that their children have to have the same diagnosis or we can't be friends with them. You know, again, if people are not finding things in common with us anymore, friendship that we start making, we're going to have to find things in common with someone to make friends. So if I meet someone and their child has Down syndrome, mine has autism, then I'm going to have to learn more about um, Down syndrome, and I might have to know more about children on the level of this new friend's child that I can accommodate them when we go out. And she will have to learn a lot of stuff about my son that she can accommodate him when we hang out. You know, she might not have to learn as much as I would about her child, but the same difference is we'll have things in common. Both of our children, from the get-go, both of our children have disability. Or you can have friends with someone that they don't have a child with disability, but they're compassionate, they, they, are, they can empathize, they're honest, and they're respectful. Same difference. But not to say your friends have outgrown you or you have outgrown them. Sometimes it is what it is. So I'm going to leave you tonight, and I'm just going to say have a fabulous weekend as usual. Take care of your mental, take care of your emotional, and take care of your physical being, and love up on those babies. Good night.